there is a lot of talk about these alternative business models like circular business models or product service systems and so on. Mm -hmm. But in the debate, it's quite often taken for granted that these business models will lead to decoupling, kind of uncritically taken for granted. Yeah, uh, I... So what my research lately has been focused on is to kind of question this and find ways to, to investigate when these business models are actually environmentally friendly or actually lead to decoupling while still maintaining the company's economic performance. To stay within our planetary boundaries, the circular economy needs to happen. We know there's already a lot of focus on what needs to happen and why. But I feel a lot of people are ready to talk more about how to make a circular economy reality. In this podcast, we focus on the business side of circular economy, and I talk to practitioners and academics that have found solutions on how to make circular business models happen. Welcome to Circular But How. We have started to realize that a linear economy is inconsistent with planetary boundaries to our life on this planet, so the boundaries that ensure stability and resilience of the Earth system that enable us to develop and thrive as humanity. The idea of a circular economy is largely presented as a way to reduce environmental impacts, you know, so that we do not cross these planetary boundaries, while still being able to pursue the same level of economic activities or even grow these activities. This idea is called decoupling, decoupling economic activities from its environmental impacts. And this emphasis on decoupling and the economic rationale is probably a main reason for the popularity of the circular economy idea. But we know that circular economy approaches or circular business models do not result in decoupling by default. Sometimes they are not effective to bring down environmental emissions. And even if they result in decoupling, there's also critique about the idea of decoupling. Is decoupling really enough to address our environmental challenges? The global economy is estimated to quadruple by 2060, according to a recent OECD study. Without urgent action, global waste is expected to increase by 70% compared with current levels by 2050. Global materials use is expected to more than double until 2060. And that tells us something about the absolute volumes of material use and related emissions that we can expect with a growing world population and growing economies. So those who doubt that decoupling is enough would argue that it also needs emphasis on changes in consumption patterns and our economic rationale of growth. And yeah, we do know that so far progress in decoupling has been insufficient to reduce absolute volumes of material use. My guest today has been looking critically at the promises of a circular economy to reduce environmental impacts. His name is Daniel Birkin. Daniel is finalizing his PhD at Chalmers Technical University in Gothenburg, Sweden in these weeks. And he has been working a lot with circular business models to assess their environmental impacts and economic performance. He has helped several companies to find answers to tricky questions on which design changes in the business model are most effective. Towards the end of his PhD, he even developed a new method, the business model LCA. Businesses can use the business model LCA to guide decisions towards decoupling. The method can help evaluate which type of business model has the lowest environmental impact for gaining a specific amount of profit. And that is a very new approach that I was interested to hear more about. 
So let's just give the floor to Daniel so he can tell us more about why companies should decouple their environmental impacts from profit and how his method can help with that. I'm super excited that you're here and that you're sharing your experiences from your PhD and uh, the knowledge that you have gained. My first question would be, uh, why should companies care about decoupling of environmental impacts from their revenue? All of us have to play our part in solving our environmental problems, right? right. Uh, regular people like you and me, we can try to make sustainable choices, but also companies can make more environmentally sustainable business choices then. Right. And if they want to keep earning money, they should preferably do that in a way that is as environmentally sustainable as possible. Yeah. Uh, so decoupling is to, to disconnect the money you make from environmental impact uh, in a way, so you can make money without damaging the environment. And while you and me, uh, when we go to the supermarket, for example, we have like yeah. eco labels to guide us in uh, choosing the better option, for example. But why not have something similar then for companies where you, they can have guidance in what business choices are more likely to lead to worse decoupling and to, to more environmental sustainability? Why is it so difficult to truly achieve decoupling? Yeah, it is really tricky. And it, it's like our, our economy and society is, is built on the linear logic of extracting and producing, using and then uh, discarding things. Within the system, one way to reduce impacts is to reduce our consumption, mm -hmm. but can be really tricky to get companies on board with that type of solution because they want to maintain their economic performance, yeah. uh, which they cannot if we stop consuming. And their business model logic is based on sales increasing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we need new ways to be economically sustainable while also being environmentally sustainable. Yeah. Uh, both things at the same time. So if we can find those alternative business models, perhaps we can get companies on board with a sustainable transition. Right. That still leaves them competitive, have similar amounts of revenue. Exactly. But then the problem is that there is a lot of talk about these alternative business models, like circular business models or product service systems and so on. Mm -hmm. But in the debate, it's quite often taken for granted that these business models will lead to decoupling, kind of uncritically taken for granted. Yeah, uh, I... So what my research lately has been focused on is to kind of question this and find ways to, to investigate when these business models are actually environmentally friendly or actually lead to decoupling while still maintaining the company's economic performance. Mm -hmm. Can you quickly tell us what you have been looking at during your PhD, which yes. has been four years? So maybe a brief recap. Yeah, so I've been doing my PhD in the Mistra Rees program, Resource Efficient and Effective Solutions. Yeah. So basically what I've been doing is investigating different ways to improve resource efficiency. And that includes uh, circular solutions and, and circular business models, for example, but also like new technologies like uh, 3D printing is something we've been looking into. Right. That can improve resource efficiency in production, for instance, which exactly. is not necessarily circular, but very important often to bring down environmental impacts. Exactly, yes. So I guess if you like summarize my PhD in one sentence, it would be like I'm trying to find better ways to guide environmental decisions. Super useful. During the PhD, you worked with many interesting companies. Do you want to give us an overview which companies you worked with? Or you can also just select a few. Yeah, so I had quite a bit of contact with companies and mainly there were two companies that I worked with. The first one was uh, Volvo Group or Volvo Trucks more specifically, which is this uh, 
work I was mentioning about 3D printing. So they had been doing experiments where they were redesigning a, a truck engine to be able to be 3D printed mm -hmm. uh, with metal 3D printing. Then. And they wanted to know what kind of environmental benefits problems that could have. So that's what I did. I carried out a, a life cycle assessment, kind of looking into the future, uh, how big can the, the environmental benefits be from that? Uh, mm -hmm. And the main thing was that the engines could be redesigned to weigh less because you can have these more advanced designs and more integrated design of the engine. And that uh, leads to lower fuel consumption. What did you suggest to Volvo? What should they be doing to bring down environmental impacts? Uh, speaking about 3D printing, what I found was that in the future, let's say 10 years in the future, uh, there can be uh, real benefits to implementing 3D printing. But there are some really important caveats. These benefits were only realized with green electricity, for example, because the 3D printing process is really Really energy intensive this laser that has to melt mm. uh, the metal and so on yeah also there are many of the materials that can be 3d printed today are really kind of environmentally bad like nickel is a really common metal for 3d printing but it's really bad for the environment so there needs to be some kind of development also towards being able to print uh, more environmentally friendly materials in these 3d yeah. printing machines fantastic insights that got by using life cycle assessment i assume to Exactly. Uh, understand for what are different impacts of the different processes. Can you maybe as an expert just give a short explanation or recap what a life cycle assessment is for those listeners that are not familiar with it? Uh, yes, of course. In the life cycle assessment, you try to calculate all the environmental impacts that come from producing a product and then uh, also using it and then discarding it. So you look from the, we call it cradle to grave, uh, take into account all the different parts of the product's life cycle. So not only what happens when you use it, but also when you extract the material and when you manufacture it and everything. And that gives you kind of a, a complete picture of the environmental impacts from, from a product. Uh, so that helps in, I guess, a lot of different decision situations, a lot around product design. But can you give some other examples in which types of decisions? Yes. I mean, uh, you said the product design is one of the big ones, of course, uh, to design yeah. products that that are better for the environment. But it can also be used in eco-labeling, like I mentioned before, like uh, guiding consumer decisions. But there is a bit of a gap when it comes to guiding companies in their business decisions. Okay, so that is something you found in your PhD, that there wasn't enough guidance for companies in business decisions where revenue is a part of it. Yeah. Let me ask, when is it not enough to only do a life cycle assessment? Yeah, so the normal case is that a life cycle assessment is is done to look at a product or, or a service and to, to calculate the environmental impacts from that product. Mm -hmm. But if you want to help companies and guide their decisions, you also have to analyze the business model itself and compare different business models to see uh, which ones can be better uh, for decoupling. So you, you need to also take in economic aspects into the analysis and not mm -hmm. only look at the physical emissions and so on. Something that's really important in LCA is uh, that you want a fair comparison when you're comparing two products, for example. Yeah. And this is usually like you, you have some kind of 
basis for your comparison that uh, that you express in a functional unit, uh, what you yeah. call a functional unit. So with a product, you can say, for example, I have like a, a vacuum cleaner that should be used a uh, hundred times, let's say. Uh, so if you want to compare two vacuum cleaners, then you you compare two that are used a hundred times. But if one lasts right. a lot longer, then you can use it more times and you don't have to replace it as soon. Yeah. And that's how you kind of see the environmental benefits of, mm. of having a more durable products. Yeah. But if you start, start thinking about business models, if you want a fair comparison of them, you need to think about what is the function of the business model? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of a business model? Kind of the basis of my work that I've been doing the last years is the realization that the function of a business model is to make money. And uh, if we want to use LCA and business models, we should also acknowledge this and actually have profit as our basis of comparison. And so if we want to compare two different business models, they should both uh, generate uh, the same amount of profit in order to be comparable. Yeah. And uh, and that's what kind of then snowballed into what now is becoming or became this uh, business model LCA method that we have developed where we can yeah. kind of connect the money flows of the business model to the physical flows and emissions uh, of that you normally calculate in an LCA. Right. And that is something we definitely want to hear more about and are going to dive deeper into. Recently, you work with a company that supplies outdoor gear and they were considering to shift towards a service model where they rent the clothes instead of selling and that quite a transition for a company. Can you tell us a bit more about what the company offered and what was the main question they struggled with? Yeah, so uh, this company who is anonymous, uh, that is so their kind of regular business is that they sell outdoor equipment uh, and clothes and so on. So like jackets, we looked only at the jackets. We didn't consider any other type of product in our study. So they, we were comparing how they were selling jackets. And uh, then we were comparing their uh, regular business, which was just selling them as, as usual to a rental business model where they are trying or they want to be able to rent the jackets. So they keep the ownership of the jackets and they rent them over and over again. The question they wanted answered uh, was basically which business model is preferable from an environmental perspective. But it was when we were thinking about this uh, question and how to answer it that we realized what I mentioned before with that if we really want a fair comparison between the two business models, we need to right. consider the their profit as the basis of comparison. Yeah. So, Which is obviously very important for the company as it's a risky transition that can threaten the business model. Exactly. With our approach, we thought we could like ensure that the business would keep the same environmental performance, but while reducing or at least investigating if they could reduce the environmental impact. So can you explain how you helped the company answer this question? I think you partly did that but maybe uh, just giving us a little bit more insights into this business LCA that you developed as a response to this question. As I said, we kind of went into it thinking that we want to compare renting and selling of jackets then, uh, while also considering the economic performance. And that's why we took in the business perspective or, or the economic perspective. And from that fundamental assumption, uh, we built this new version of life cycle assessment that we called them business model LCA, which is supposed to give a fair comparison of different business models and to uh, really answer the question if the company is able to reduce their environmental impacts without uh, compromising their economic performance. 
which kind of is like a, a real measure of decoupling them. Exciting. Is oh, yeah. this a method that companies can already use or and for which types of business model do you see it as most useful? The method we hope can be used both for like business model innovation. So if a company is curious to see how, what to investigate what different business models could lead to decoupling, uh, yeah. they could use our method to, to do that. But I guess you can also use the method for investigating your existing business models or choosing which ones are more or less favorable for the environment. Right, based on how much revenue they provide you. Exactly, yes. And then I guess everyone who's interested in trying out the method could get in touch with you. Is there a place where we can find more information on uh, this approach? Uh, you can uh, Google my name, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, hopefully within a few months, you can also find my PhD thesis where this will be published and the scientific paper. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm just curious, what are your plans for after your PhD? Uh, yeah, right now I'm... Uh, 100% focused on finishing my thesis and everything, but uh, yeah, there, yeah I, there are some thoughts about what to do after as well. And uh, I hope to keep developing my, my knowledge within this field of LCA and circular economy and resource efficiency. But I don't know exactly what context that would be, if it would be like a, a research institute uh, or as in a postdoc or in a company. We'll see where the future takes me. Great. And you're open to different options, as long as it revolves around guiding companies towards improved decision-making for environmental management. Yeah, exactly. Well, companies and other actors as well. But uh, right. right now I'm focused a lot on companies, yes. As someone who has really digged deep into this field, do you have any suggestions for softwares or tools that can help companies work with circular economy? I mean, there are lots of tools for different occasions, so to speak. I mean, uh, the business model canvas and the ver different versions of that is really common to use in business model innovation. I mean, I would argue still that our method provides a more uh, uh, like a better option for making sure that you will get a new business model that really reduces environmental impacts, but also keeps your economic performance the, the same. And I think it is acknowledged that most of the innovation approaches that are suggested are qualitative, quantitative contributions that you are providing is something that that is very needed in, in actual decision making because there it often is it's the quantitative data that uh, that will count in the end and you'll have exactly. to convince a lot of other stakeholders in the company that it is worthwhile changing the practices yeah exactly that's and a, a that good point quantitative evidence and that's one of the strengths i i guess of our method that it's crunching the hard numbers yeah. to calculate this. Yeah. It's a fantastic idea and I'm uh, impressed that you went all the way through with developing it and testing it with a company that gave you very positive feedback on it. So that's uh, an amazing contribution in your PhD. Do you have any call for action for companies? What you have observed during your PhD or working with companies? I'm hoping that companies can think more about the decoupling and take it into account in their uh, decision making to really strive towards lowering the environmental impacts. <laughs> nice. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge. It was great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope it was useful for you. You can help me make this podcast circulate. But how? Well, give it a like, share it with someone or send me a message. All feedback is welcome. 